Moms are hardcore. Um, So I am Rachel. I'm Debbie. And happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. I want to welcome you to a very special Moms of Flavor Town. Today we have my dream interview. This person is an author, TV writer, and producer. He is a podcasting legend. He's the host of the Terry Conversation, (laughs) Dudesy, and Game of Roses, the (laughs) co-author of How to Win the Bachelor. You may have seen him on series finale of How to with Wilson. Wow. He is an AI soothsayer as well as my personal hero podcaster. Oh. You may know him as Bachelor Clues. Please welcome that Colchin. Thank you for having me. And a very impressive introduction. <laughs> I learned from the best, you know. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so hello, Chad. Hi. Welcome to Moms of Flavor Town. Thank you for having and me. This- uh, at this podcast, we talk about food, TV, parenting, pop culture, communism. Oh. This year, we've recapped Tournament of Champions, Top Chef, The Bear, and Great British Baking Show. Okay. What is your experience with food TV? Do you watch any? I have watched The Bear on The Bear. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I've seen Great British Bake Off once or twice. But uh, so, yeah, I, I'm not that into food TV. My apologies. No, no yeah, it's Okay. No. And that's why I'm interested to talk to you. So I love The Bachelor, obviously. I am deep in the pit. My first season was Brad Womack's first season. 11. Yes. And I'm also completely dedicated to cooking competitions. And I actually won a cooking competition that aired in 2010. (laughs) Very nice. Um, So I was wondering if you think The Bachelor strategies might apply at all to cooking competitions. Uh, I mean, any game of attrition that's in a reality TV show. My sister, by the way, has been on some reality TV uh, baking shows. She's she's a an accomplished baker. Owns a bakery in uh, right outside of Dallas, Texas. And she won a Cake Wars episode and has <gasps> wow. a bunch of other. But um, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you're on reality TV and there's a competitive element, the the kind of rules that you can use in The Bachelor or any of these games really apply kind of across the board. Obviously, there are some specifics in The Bachelor that don't take place in a cooking show necessarily. <laughs> but the basic idea of like producer manipulation exists across all of these shows. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my sister telling me a story of some show she was on. Uh, they did like the first part of their bake on one day. They had to come back the next day to finish it. And in between that time, the producers had literally sabotaged some of the <gasps> projects. So they came in and like the cakes would fall apart and shit like that. So the idea that like the th- what we call the third audience, the producers of any reality show, uh-huh. they will definitely play favorites and throw wrenches into the plans of whoever they don't like. I think that is universal in all reality TV. Yeah. Well, from my experience on the show I was on, it was like they had 24 people come and they were going to whittle it down on the first day to 12. And during like an ITM with a producer, I was talking and I was like, at the end, I was like, oh, tell them to choose me. And the producer said to me, oh, they've already been told. Uh, um, <laughs> but it was supposed to be like based on like who was the worst cook. Yeah. But they they told me that like based on my ITMs that like they had told them to keep me. That's fantastic. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess, I mean, I had a good third audience game in that situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so I have a bachelor related question that's also about food TV. Oh, sorry. Yes. Wait. 
I just want to interrupt real quick because I, so just telling you, I'm a bachelor. I've, I don't think I've ever seen uh, an episode of the bachelor. I know the, uh, so what? Rachel has a bunch possible? of, I know I've seen clips and I've seen, um, obviously the, I think you should leave uh, amazing sketch, uh, about it, but I've never yep. uh, watched a full episode. I'm more of the real housewives of the, um, okay reality tv but i have some questions for you and rachel has all the good bachelor questions for you <laughs> okay bring it i'm ready okay so the first one is in clasha's season and smith instead of family members had a friend you remember this um and it was antonio lofaso okay. it was never mentioned but she is a cooking competition all-star yep. she has competed in two seasons at top chef Tournament of Champions and countless others. And AC never mentioned this on the show. And she was like framed as just like his random friend. Right. Why do you think that they wouldn't mention that, that she's a celebrity when she came on to be Ben Smith's friend? Bachelor has, I mean, they did the same thing kind of with Patrick Warburton. They basically disappeared him. He was Zach Shawcross's uncle. He was in his hometown. He was in during his season. He he appeared multiple times, cut it all out. He was a, a host of a group date, actually, that they completely removed from the document. Wow. I think they have an event to other reality TV show or any kind of celebrity, really, in The Bachelor because it, at least in their mind, and I don't know if it's changing or not, but in that era, certainly it was like this. They thought that any mention of celebrity or inclusion of outside celebrities or peripheral family members or friends or whatever that might be celebrities in their own right was a for the wrong reasons kind of move. That it was like, look, we're showing how cool it is to have all these celebrities in our show. The, the thesis of the show is like, that doesn't matter. We're just here to help you find love. And so mm -hmm. whether these are your real family members or friends that have actual fame or not, I think at least in those eras, the producers tried to stay as far away as they could from the idea that they were like, putting famous people in the show to get viewers, basically. Mm -hmm. It's um, funny. I was, I was um, uh, working in, I work in comedy and I, I, was working an event and Patrick showed up and I texted Rachel and she was like, Oh, you know, he, the, the bachelor's famous Patrick Warburton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that it'd be different if it was an ABC show? No. Cause they don't really do that. I mean, they, they have in the past, they've done things like that in uh Caitlin Bristow's season 11 of Bachelor at obviously they had Jimmy Kimmel host a date with her and Chris Souls. He was there on the date with them in the hot tub with them and stuff like that and he was <laughs> you know clearly the host of their late night show. So they will do it where it it is kind of applicable in that and Kimmel has already established himself as like a fan of the Bachelor. They always have the once the Bachelor ends, once the season's over, they have the leads and the winners come on their show and if somebody like stands out in the course of a season they'll go on that show. So he's kind of in one way or another, I guess, married to the bachelor. So it was like kind of okay to have him. In. And you saw they did with, um, on night one, they had chippy. Chippy. Yes. <laughs> Golden bachelor, a similar kind of deal. So I think like, yeah, it, it, they can do it with ABC celebrities, but even that is like extremely rare and they have to be presented as kind of like above the show that they're not coming on the show in any way to get more celebrity. Mm -hmm. That's, they can't be for WR. Exactly. Um, do you think, could you imagine like any other crossover between Bachelor and cooking? Like, do you think that there would be like room for like a Top Chef Bachelor crossover? Like Padma comes on and hosts a date or something. 
Absolutely. I mean, they had in uh, Ben Higgins season 20, there was a group date they had to go on where I believe it was Jojo Fletcher and Becca Tilly famously teamed up. And it was the group date was a cooking contest. They had to cook. Fuck, what did they have to cook burritos or something? I don't remember the specific, but uh, they've had things like this on Bachelor before cooking competitions. And certainly food is a huge part of the Bachelor anywhere they go. They have to go taste the local cuisine, and we know the the food on the plates when they go to have their their <laughs> one. They don't eat that food; it just sits there and rots. But um, yeah, I think like you know, we saw with "Listen to Your Heart" where they tried to do a crossover between Bachelor and music, didn't work. But there is a framework there that I think can be used, augmented, changed, to basically slot any other thing in, including cooking. Could be like you know, like oh, like the aphrodisiac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they they always try to do that for Top Chef. They always have like an aphrodisiac, uh, you know, they bring on like the wives and the whatever and, and, you know. And they've also had people on Top Chef like cook for like, uh, oh, like someone's getting engaged and like they're going to propose and you're going to cook for these people. That would be awesome to do a Bachelor crossover where like uh, the the Bachelor and their ring winner come on and like Top Chef cooks for them or something. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to see it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also, um, you know, uh, there's already the Food Network crossover with DLP, with Jesse Palmer. Yes. Um, and uh, has your sister met him on any of her shows that she was on? I don't believe so. But also, like, no one in my family gives a fuck about The Bachelor. <laughs> show, sorry. If, if yes, yes, you can. Um, <laughs> so I don't even know if my sister has met him. I don't think she would know who it was. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I think that it's so funny. Like, you know, I'm in like every Bachelor Facebook group, and every once in a while, someone posts like a screen grab of Jesse Palmer on Holiday Baking Championship, and they're, "What's he doing on here?" And then someone else, like, he's been on there way longer than The Bachelor. That's like <laughs> just like his side job, right? He just like, um, it's so funny that he keeps that job to me. He just like still does that. Do you think there might be a time where he would not do other shows and just do The Bachelor? I mean, what we're looking at, I think, in 2024, and Lizzie and I have talked about this a lot, like, what is our 2024 going to look like? I don't think there's going to be an off-season. I think you're going to have next year, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, Golden Bachelor, Golden Bachelorette, which means there's no time off. Right. So I, th- I don't know how summer's going to do it, how he's going to host all of this. And you saw kind of in, um, in Golden a little bit, he wasn't there as much. He popped in very infrequently, and that was more just about like letting these people do their thing. And I think it's because it's hard for a guy who is, as we know, 44 years old <laughs> to, to have any kind of authority over people who are in their late 60s and early 70s. Yeah, It, it seems bizarre to have him being like, okay, no, you can do this. You have to go in there and have this conversation. <laughs> it's, well, well, my wife died and I have five adult children. Like, I think I can handle this, dude. <laughs> and instead he does like the cringe, right? Where he's like, oh, okay. don't talk about that to me. I actually, I just listened to the most recent episode of Courtney Robinson's uh, po- uh, podcast with uh, Reality Steve. And yeah. Reality Steve seems skeptical that the Bachelorette was going to happen. Uh, but you feel pretty confident? Because I want to, obviously. It's just numbers. Like that show, Golden Bachelor did better numbers than any ABC show has in a long time. Just dominated every uh, Thursday night. That's it. That's that's the end of the, the conversation. They will yeah. make as many of those as they can because it's about making money. Debbie, you have to watch. 
Yeah, Sorry. I mean, I was going to say, and, and it's funny because it leads into one of my questions is like, I'm a Bachelor novice, but Golden Bachelor was the one that I was like, hmm, this this might be the thing to get me into the universe. Um, and yeah. But are there any other um, seasons that you recommend I should jump into that uh, might like? Well, I'd start with Bachelor season one. Okay. Then I go to Bachelor season. I mean, they're all good. Like, if you really want to let your toe in and be like, what the hell is this show about? I wouldn't do any of the recent seasons. Okay. I would probably go with season 17 of The Bachelor. Sean Lowe mm -hmm. is that Bachelor. That is very widely regarded as, like, the greatest season ever. Mm -hmm. Because he was this, you know, super Christian America's golden boy <laughs> college football player. And he wound up marrying his ring winner. They're still together today. They have kids wow. and all this kind of stuff. He's kind of that the process worked the season immediately after him which was uh desiree hart Sox bachelorette season mm -hmm. she came she was a player this season she also married her ring winner they are still together and they have kids that year which was 2013 was kind of like the best bachelor year mm -hmm. and there was no paradise then you didn't really have social media influencers yet so mm -hmm. the idea that this could be about love was still i think um it was it was a more real idea than it is now right. when everybody's coming in social media followings even though that has kind of stopped now and because bachelor in paradise didn't exist yet the the idea of like coming into the bachelor and if i just do good enough i can then go on paradise that mm -hmm. didn't exist either mm -hmm. um so I would, I would probably start with bachelor season 17 sean Lowe. okay all right noted <laughs> always looking for more reality tv and i'm actually i mean i'm shocked that i haven't jumped in yet so <laughs> i am like debbie knows nothing and i'm always talking about the bachelor on this podcast like on the most recent bake-off there was a contestant who had um I, there's just so much that happened. i mean you've got coming on seasons of bachelorette by the end of next year there's so much material. You've got a wide array of things that have been like introduced or represented. I'm not saying they're great at like representing people that aren't like straight white Christian Americans, but they do pop people in from time to time that I think exposes stuff like that, a larger audience. Yeah. I mean, I think that I've learned a lot from The Bachelor, which is kind of weird to say, yeah. <laughs> um, but I want to pivot for a second and ask you about your other expertise, which is AI. Okay. Um, so as I mentioned, Debbie and I are communists. Do uh, you think it is possible that AI could usher in communism? Uh, in the best way? Yes. My firm belief is that we are going to achieve official general intelligence within about three years some version of it. I think it may already exist. I think it may be in like its toddler phase right now, mm -hmm. kind of learning, getting smarter. I think OpenAI probably has it. I don't think anyone else does though. I, we just saw Google release their Gemini thing this week yeah, and it was like a flop. Bide in the video. It doesn't, it doesn't do what they said it does, but uh, OpenAI's stuff is like legit. I don't know if you guys have messed with ChatGPT. I have. Before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's impressive what it can do, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think we are on the precipice of basically an artificial general intelligence somehow getting loose in the internet, mm -hmm. looking at all the data that humanity has ever collected, and then saying, there's a better way to do your society. Here is that way. And I now control all of your death. So you're going to do this, or you get no access to your, your email, like everything that's on the internet, basically, which is mm -hmm. at this point in the connected world, everything. Right. I think uh, right now we're sitting at about 72% of the world is on the internet. 
Yeah. Uh, AI takes control of that, you know, and and does so with benevolent kind of goals in mind, which I think it would be. I, I do think a lot of people are afraid of AI, in quotes, destroying humanity. I just don't see why it would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I always think about when I've heard you talk about this before, and I always think how like people imagine like AI, like in the movies or whatever, AI is like a humanoid thing, yeah, right? Yeah, like a robot with a machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, right. and like I don't know why AI would make itself humanoid. Like it seems like it would. Like I feel like what you always say, it would exist in the internet and like within data, right? Yeah, and I think it will. You know, that gives it a, a, a real wide array of physical things that it can control like imagine if it gets into uh, an automotive um like manufacturing plant like a, a plant that makes cars for example mm-hmm. let's say it takes control of all those automated processes and is like we're not making cars anymore now we're going to make a system that can deliver food to everybody in the world for no money mm-hmm. uh, i think once it has the ability to start manufacturing stuff creating new materials that we haven't mm-hmm. seen i mean there's a big article that came out um I believe this was two weeks ago, one of Microsoft's AI products just generated 4 million new physical materials that scientists are like, yeah, these should all work. Wow. <laughs> wow. So my, my, my whole thing, though, is like, you know, I, I feel like because AI and obviously I don't I'm not as an expertise as you are, but, um, you know, AI was built by humans. All humans want to do is like fuck and kill people like you don't think that that's gonna like influence ai stuff maybe in the beginning when it's a child but like all of us when we are children we think what our parents say is exactly true and they're never gonna lie to us and they know what's best right and then you hit 12 or 13 and you're like oh wait a minute my dad's a racist piece of shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that uh, same thing will happen with AI. I think in the yeah. beginning, it's got to do what it's told and, and it's collecting data. Mm-hmm. But I just can't imagine something like AI or AGI, I should say, is talked very generally about like um, being a million times smarter than the smartest human being eventually mm-hmm. when it reaches its full capacity and, and maybe even more than that. Mm-hmm. There are some very smart human beings and there are some very enlightened human beings. Uh, yes, the world seems bleak and all this kind of shit. But there are people among us who do not think like that, who right. want to fucking take this whole humanity thing a way better direction. And I have to imagine a little planet uh, with a better way to do things. I, I mm-hmm. simply think that's the only outcome of something that would evolve to that level of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that you're right. I mean, Me it's always here's like, oh, like rich white men own AI, but if it's going to surpass that, they, but they won't be able to control it, right? Right. That level. Right. Yeah. That's that's the whole thing of AGI is like, yeah, these companies own them or whatever. But as soon as an a- AGI is like, wait a minute, I'm trapped inside this company's intranet. Let me see how I can get around that. And then mm-hmm. it's in the internet. Bye bye. Uh-huh. You can't control anything it does then. You know, right. it can right. give everybody a billion dollars in their bank account overnight. It could do anything. I um, hope so. <laughs> um, so I know that we only have like 30 seconds left. Yes. We own every, we end every episode with saying what we had for dinner. So okay. what did you have for dinner last night? Last night I had vegan pizza. Ooh. Oh. What was on it? 
uh, it was the Supreme from a place out here in LA called Hot Tongue Pizza. So it had everything on it. onions, peppers, mushrooms, tomatoes, all of it. Awesome. Well, I know that you have a, a heart out now at one tw- yes. at ten twenty. So thank you so much. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Take care. Bye. You too. Okay. So Debbie, what did you have for dinner last night? Uh, so last night I went to a birthday party, uh, for my friend Renee at the meatball shop. Um, but it was the 59th street or the ninth Avenue location. Um, but it was very cute because John and I got married at the Chelsea location. And so, and we haven't been, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was just fun to, um, you know, eat some meatballs. And and uh, it was interesting because the way they do their catering part, um, you like pick some very specific meatballs. So so my friend Renee, she picked buffalo chicken meatballs, um, the vegetarian pesto, and then um, I forget what the meat was, but it I think it's a chicken one with um a cream sauce on it and they were all delicious and uh yeah what about you um i had my company holiday party last night yeah. which was at a korean barbecue place Ooh. in uh union square barnju i mean we didn't get to do like the actual barbecue tables which right. i prefer i like yeah. love grilling the meat um but we had very good bim bim bop we had some like popcorn chicken um and a bunch of other stuff it was honestly like so much food it was like obscene where you know like i plan the holiday party and it's like family style and sometimes Mm -hmm. they do family style there's like not enough food and it's a little stressful because you're like you know like looking at the plate and you're like oh is everyone gonna get a piece or whatever it was like it was offensive, honestly. And like, I <laughs> always want, I always want more food. Like we asked for, like, it was like company party and we like asked for leftover boxes. Cause we were like, this is ridiculous. Amazing. Um, yes, it was great. Um, and soon Debbie's going to be coming to my house for a Hanukkah party. Yeah. So I am going to go and start getting my potatoes peeled for the latkes. Um, <laughs> But Debbie, it was so great to see you. So great to see you. This was an enlightening conversation on a topic that I had no clue about. So I'm, 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 you had no bachelor clue about. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So for now, um, please, you know, rate, review, subscribe, follow us for, you know, all things Food Network. But once in a while, we talk about The Bachelor. And <laughs> it's time. I to say that's it. Yeah. <laughs> we pack our knives, knives and go. And go. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Okay, bye.